Revelation, the 12th chapter. And I'll get over there. If I can. Beginning in verse um, 16. Just two verses here. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was angry with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, this is not a prophetic sermon even though it could be very easily. I really wanted to focus on one word for this message. And the word is keep. The dragon was angry with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which kept the commandments of God. That kept the commandments of God. That word is uh, terio, Greek word 5083 in Strong's Concordance. I'm actually reading, um, I'm actually going to give the definition from, uh, from another um, um, lexicon. Thayer's lexicon, and it is to attend to carefully, take care of, to guard, metaphorically to keep one in the state in which he is, to observe and to reserve. Satan went after those who are keeping, who have the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. It's important to understand that the end time, there will be those of us who are truly have this a part of us and will not give it up, no matter what. No matter what. Paul, in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, he wrote this, and he wrote these words for us. And it's interesting that these words are all um, for today. They just fit so well. Beginning in verse 6. Now let's see. Let's make sure that I'm in the right place. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm not in the right place. Beginning in verse 6. He says, For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is hand, as at hand. He knew that he was that he, his final days were um, were on the on this earth were were coming, and he, and he was writing and helping us to understand that uh, those days for us also are numbered. I, he says, "I fought the good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith." It's important to understand to keep the faith. Hereafter there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not me only, but all of them also that love his appearance. If we do not keep the faith, we're not going to meet the Lord. We're not going to be a part of that group that's going to be in the kingdom of God. Not only must we understand the commandments, under, and the testimony of Jesus Christ, but we also must keep the faith 
throughout our whole life, throughout our whole um, walk in this way of life. No matter what the situation might present itself, Paul was one who had suffered and suffered for this way. In 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, Paul, who really didn't want to, to elaborate this, he didn't really want to go over this. You can actually feel that he was very reluctant, but his enemies were bragging. I've done this, I've done that, I've, I've been here, I've been there. You know, I've, I've preached the gospel. Well, Paul also suffered, and he finally he just... He felt like he just had to, to, to reach out, and he had to tell them, he, in verse 8, uh, in the beginning, I have in verse 8, but I'm not sure I know why I put verse 8 down there. Um, let's just check, step down to, to verse 21, um, Brian. He says, I, I speak as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak. However, wherein soever any is bold. I speak foolishly. I am bold also. He says, and <clears throat> he says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. So he, he, he's setting the stage, helping people to understand. I, I, I fought this good fight. I've been, I've been there. I've been on the battlefield. And I'm all of this. I'm all of these. Are they Hebrew? You know, and we went through all that. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes, more measure, uh, uh, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. You know, probably at the, at the brink of death many times. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. If you... Put one in, more than that in there, the person's dead. <laughs> Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwrecked. A night and a day I was bound in the deep. In journeys often, perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils by my own countrymen, perils by the heathen, perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren. In weariness, painfulness, watchings often, hunger, thirst, fastings often, cold and nakedness. All of those things. Beside those things that are outside that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. With all of the, the physical problems that he was having, all of the problems that he was facing against those that were against him. He had care for those who were of this way. And so that the physical problems and the mental and, and emotional and spiritual things that he was facing were, were very, very grave upon Paul. And so we see that keeping this way sometimes can be a very difficult thing for us. And yet there's greatness and wonderfulness in understanding the kingdom of God. Now this word is a good study. It's a, it's a very interesting study and it's not just this one. There's, there's four or five Greek words that actually um, keep, that are, are the word keep. And so if you would like to delve into it more, you can go into Strong's Concordance or a Cruden's Concordance and look at that. So but let's continue on now in Matthew the 
19th chapter. Let's continue to Matthew, the 19th chapter. As we look at this word, and that's what I did, I just picked this one word out, 5083, and was able to, to bring these words um, and some of the extra things that I said in here. Matthew 19, beginning in verse 16, he says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I, <clears throat> that I may have eternal life? And he says, Why call you me good? There's, no, there's none good but one, that is God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Very simple. Keep the commandments. And he said in which Jesus said, You shall do no murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All those things have I done, and I have kept from my youth. What do I lack? What do I yet do I lack? And <laughs> Jesus said, If you will be perfect, in other words, mature, in your spiritual growth, go, sell that you have, give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Come and follow me. <laughs> well, the young man must have been very rich. Must have had a lot of money. When his disciples heard, <clears throat> they said, <he's clears throat> and when the young man heard that, that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And, Jesus, uh, and then said Jesus to his disciples, Verily I say to you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And when his disciples had heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. God was probably working with this young man. We don't know. Maybe later he did change. Maybe later he sold all of his possessions and began to follow Jesus. But the example at this particular time, Jesus specifically said, keep the commandments. And then he was, probably he already was keeping the other ones, so the specific ones he, or, he gave him were the ones that were more focused in his particular life and of course then selling everything that he might receive eternal life. In Luke the ninth chapter we see that Jesus also makes it <clears throat> even more difficult. There were three men that came to Jesus. In verse, uh, beginning of verse 57, three men. It came to pass as they went in the way, a certain man said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, Foxes have holes and birds have, of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And so, the implication was is that maybe this guy wasn't really ready to, you know, to give up everything and follow Jesus. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. And he said, let the dead bury their dead, but go you and preach the kingdom of God. 
Another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me go first and bid them farewell, which are at home in my house. Well, this seems to be kind of hard. Because when Jesus says, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. What Jesus is saying is, there's nothing on earth that's worthy of the greatness of the kingdom of God. That's what it amounts to. There's nothing on this earthly, in this earthly life that's worthy of the calling and the greatness and the prestige and all of that we will have in the kingdom of God. In Mark, the seventh chapter, there's another thing that seems to get in the way. We heard about this last week. I'd like to mention it again because it's important that we understand that there's certain things that come up in our life that we are kind of, you know, the, the, the world around us that we're focused in. He says, let's see, I would like to, thinking that I may want to go back just a little further back than where I've had. I'd like to start in verse uh, 6. No, verse 5. Um, uh, Brian, uh, you don't have to pick this up. Then, then uh, Pharisees and scribes ask him, Why walk not your disciples according to the traditions and elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? And the answer said, Well, as Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, the people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Verse 7. However, in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandment of men. They, they teach the commandments of men. Instead, instead of keeping the commandments of God, they're teaching the doctrines and the commandments of men. And we know that there are dedicated Christian people out there that are blinded by their leaders and their teachers because they teach them the traditions and commandments of men instead of the commandments of God. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. It's even worse today, isn't it? Those that profess Christianity profess and preach and teach pagan things. And we know that. We understand that. So it's even, even, even more than what the... And, and Jesus was against the, the Pharisees who were... <laughs> overly strict about certain things. And today, the world accepts the traditions of men and keeps the traditions of men over the commandments of God. And he said, full well, verse 9, you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. And so instead of putting the God's tradition the truth and doctrines and way they keep the traditions of men. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, whosoever curses his father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, If a man shall say to his father and mother, is Corban, that is to say, it's a gift, by whatever, <clears throat> whatsoever you might be profited by me, he shall be free. And you permit him to him no more to do anything for his father or his mother. <laughs> well, the, 
the commandment, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long on the earth. And they were going against that. Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered, and many such like things do you. This was only one of the very things that they were teaching. In John, the 14th chapter. Remember, as I go by these words, if I don't mention them, just remember them. In John, the 14th chapter, in the beginning of verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my, my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. Now that was my granddaughter, by the way, for those of you that were hearing that. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. These things have I spoken to you, being yet present with you. And so, the emphasis Jesus says here is, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. We will come in to your heart. We will abode with you, because you are the temple of the living God now. You are the temple of the living God. And we will live with you, and we will teach you, and, and help you to see the truth. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, we see the words of Jesus, the powerful words of Jesus, as he teaches us how to live and how to keep his words. How how to keep his word. Well, he's, he's got it. It's all written in red, isn't it? <laughs> My Bible is written in red. Yours is probably also. Beginning in the fifth chapter, beginning in verse 13, I'm going to read a few of these things that Jesus has given us to understand what he says that we should be like, what we should be doing, what we should be thinking, how we should be, how we should be keeping his words. He says, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing, but is cast out to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, the lighthouses are set out uh, on the coast so that and they set very, very high and they have, the light is, is, is way up there so that a ship in the ocean, even if there's fog, even if there's uh, uh, rain and, and you know, violent storms, that they'll be able to see that light. That's the way we should be. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on the candlestick, and it gives light to all that are in the house. He says, let, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. As we do those things which glorify God, and men see them, then, then God is glorified. Think not of them come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And we read this over and over again because the, the world says, oh yeah, well God came and Christ came and when he was sacrificed, all those things were done away. But Jesus said, no, that's not what, that's not at all what I, uh, what I said. 
And he says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. In other words, the, the Old Testament is still in effect, and it's still things that we need to live and learn by. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle, shall no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whoever shall, therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that something that we all should strive for? To do and teach the, the, the commandments and the, and the truth of the word of God to all men, to the best of our ability, to those that we can come into contact with and those that we could help to understand this. This is, you know, Jesus' plain words. He, he said, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case or no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. He says, you've heard it said uh, to them of old, you shall not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto thee, whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whosoever shall say to his brother Raka, um, empty or sen uh, sen uh, senseless, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Yeah. Jesus teaches about loving your enemies. Now, there's, a, there's a lot more to this. I'm going to, I'm going to skip all the ones that I had down here for, for time because there's a lot more to this. But you can go ahead and you can read the words of Jesus and, and try to put that into your life to the best of your ability. Meditate on what Jesus tells us about, about life, about marriage, about different things. You know, we live in a society that has rejected and is rejecting. And it's so sad. I mean, from the, from the very beginning, God created man and woman and intended for them to be together, to raise children to his glory. You know? And what are we doing in our society today? All over the world. We're destroying the very, the very foundation, the very framework that is, you know, society. And it may be more and more difficult if they do. If, if they go to the point where they, you know, make it um, even illegal for us to, to preach against certain things upon the pulpit. It may be very difficult uh, for us as ministers to preach the truth. Um, for many years now, we've seen the, the foundation of the family being destroyed. And it is, it's very sad. But Jesus gives us all of these wonderful examples, all of this to keep us together, to keep us um, in, in loving relationships, to help us to... to um, to overcome certain things. It is his words that we keep, that we need in our life. Let's turn to James, the first chapter. It's probably already up there. It is. He said, pure religion, undefiled before God and the Father, is this. To visit the fatherless and the widows in their infliction, 
And guess what it says? And to keep himself unspotted from the world. <laughs> to keep. It's the same word, isn't it? That's, that's 5083, to keep. It, it can mean um, to guard against this world. To guard against this world. To keep himself unspotted from the world. And it's not easy, brethren. It's not easy. If you have young children, it is very difficult to raise them in this society. You know, it used to be when I was a kid, things were bound up, locked up. People didn't have a, uh, you couldn't get a hold of certain, um, certain things um, that, that children shouldn't have, that children shouldn't see. It's not that way anymore. It's just a click of the internet button, and they can find out anything and everything. And the society is becoming more violent. Um, you know, they don't even know how many of those ISIS cells there is in the United States. But they're finding out that more and more of them are writing on the internet about how they want to you know, be a part of this very barbaric society called the Islamic society. And it's, for me, it's hard for me to understand it, being in America, growing up in this, in this country with all the benefits that we have, to seeing people want to be a part of something that, that binds them to such a horrible law. It's a horrible set of laws. Anyway, enough said. Let's go back to what it says here. To keep himself unspotted from the world. To do whatever it takes. I, I appreciate the little, little bit that he was talking about on... Um, Ben Carson and his mother and how she just took away all those things that was distracting him and made him read, made him take the time. Maybe that's what we need sometimes to do, one, with ourselves if we're distracted, and two, with our children if we're raising them and if they're distracted, to make them look in and study and do things that they need to be doing. In Matthew, the 15th chapter, Another, this is essentially the same lesson that we read a little earlier, but in Matthew's uh, parallel version. Let's read it, beginning in verse 1. Then came Jesus' scribes and Pharisees, which were in Jerusalem, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? So here we have the traditions of the elders. For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. And he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Here we are back to learning the lessons of the traditions of men. For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother. He's, he that curses father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever you might be profited by me. How do we, you know, when it comes down to greed... We don't have the love of God inside of us. And that's what they were, they were looking at. They were greedy. And honor not his father or his mother shall be free. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. You hypocrites. Well did Isaiah the prophet, uh, uh, Isaiah prophesy of you saying, This people draw near to me with their mouth. Honor me with their lips. 
but their heart is far from me. Oh, that they would have a heart in them, that they would keep my commandments. God said at the base of Mount Sinai, Oh, that they would have a heart in them, that they would keep my commandments, that it might be well with them. But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said to them, Hear and understand, not that which goes into the mouth defiles a man, but that which that comes out of the mouth, that defiles a man. This is what defiles a man. Then came his disciples and said to him, Know you that the Pharisees were offended? <laughs> oh boy, we just offended those poor guys. After they heard this saying, and he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And to the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. Then answered Peter and said to him, Declare to us this parable. I want to know. What does it really mean? And Jesus said, Are you yet without understanding? Have I been teaching you all this and you still don't understand? Do you not yet understand that whosoever enters, whatsoever enters into the mouth goes into the belly and is cast out of the draught? And we won't explain that. Everybody knows. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. This is so profound, brethren. This, is, this probably, in understanding human nature, almost 2,000 years ago, it's right here. Understanding human nature, this is it. What comes out of the mouth comes forth from the heart, and they defile the man. You see, all the hatred and stuff that's being written into the, in the Internet, and all those things that are being there, it's defiling those people. It's defiling the United States. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defiles not a man. <clears throat> and so that's what, he's, that's what he's talking about. To eat with unwashed hands is, you know. He's not talking about the food, even though in one area he seems to say that. He's talking about eating with unwashed hands. We do know there are clean and unclean foods. So let's go to <clears throat> Jude, the 20, verse 21. There's no chapters there, or even though you were, if you were looking in one place, you might see a chapter, but there's, there's only <clears throat> just the, the book of Jude, and uh, yeah, and I'm just going to read it up there, rather than trying to find it in here, I might, I might be a while, he says, keep yourselves in the love of God, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal love unto eternal life. Keep yourselves. In other words, internalize it. Make it a part of your life in the love of God. That's so important. Let's turn to, to 1 John and, and look and see what the fourth chapter, because this is, this is the most important part of our life, is the love of God and how it's shed in our lives and how he deals with us, and how we should deal with one another. It's that love that makes all the difference. 
And especially it's that love that will bring us into the kingdom of God. It's that love that allowed that Jesus to die and to be at the right hand of the Father. All of those things are manifested because of the love of God. Beginning in verse 6, 1 John 4, verse 6. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. The very basic part of our life must be understanding the love of God, because God is love. And if we don't understand that, how can we keep His commandments? How can we understand the Word of God? How can we keep how can we actually keep the words of Jesus if we don't understand the love of God that allowed him to be sacrificed for, the, for us? In this was manifest the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. These words are very important for us because it's him living in us both the Father and the Son living in us and, and that grace being manifested outward in our lives. Here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be an atoning sacrifice. That was what propitiation for our sins means. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. That's, that's a tremendous gift, brethren. It is one of the most profound and wonderful gifts that we can receive, is, is his Holy Spirit. That makes us that new man, that gives us that hope, the kingdom of God, that, that is the epitome of all that we, we live for. Because it is that spirit that he gives us that makes us his sons. And he's called the saints of God. And we've seen and do testify that the Father sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwells in him and he, he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. Twice it says, God is love. Now, there's a, John wanted to emphasize that very, very fact. And God in him. Herein is our love made manifest, that we may, be bold, may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love whom he has not seen? How can he love God whom he has not seen? And, when, and I, I think the greatest tragedy in our society is the, the lack of the love in, in the family and, and the difficulty that husbands and wives have one with another. 
and how that it's, it's so very important to understand that, especially if we're, uh, you know, a baptized couple. If we're a baptized couple, this is something that God wants us to understand, that you are the first brother <laughs> or sister that uh, you should love. And if you can't have love for your own spouse, how is it that you can even love anyone else in the church? So it has to start in the home. It has to start with the love for your children. It has to start for the love for your wife. Um, it even, God says you even need to love yourself. <laughs> you know, there's, there's so many things about uh, God's love that needs to be spread among each one of us. And, maybe, and I know we don't all have enough, enough of it. And he says, in this commandment have I from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. So the deeper the love of God is in our heart, the deeper our love for one another is. And as we grow in, in that, as we grow in God's uh, truth in, in his way, that love grows in us, and our love for one another grows in us. And we'll finish up in, the, in one, <laughs> there's a lot of these, there's seven of them, so I'm not going to read all seven of these wonderful things that, that God promises us in the kingdom of God. But I picked just the one because it has the word keep in it. So that finishes up my message. It's Revelation 2 and verse 26. And he says, And he that overcomes, or overcometh, and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nation. Over the nation. See, it says, He that overcometh, so that you have to be an overcomer, and you have to keep the works, my works, Christ works unto the end. Well, you know, some of us might be able to see the return of Jesus Christ, but some of us may lay in the grave for a while. But we'll still see Christ. So while we're alive, while we are drawing breath, while we have the opportunity, we need to keep his works and continue to be overcomers until the end. Then I'll give power over the nations. And what's the next one? How about 27? One more. Yeah, I guess maybe. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. I will give him the morning star. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches.